Good morning. I'm Emily, and Will and I are so thankful that you have decided to join us here at Lindsay Lane North, where we are in the community for the community. If today is your first time visiting, please fill out the Connect card you have received in your bulletin and drop it in the offering bucket on your way out the door today. One of our pastors will personally reach out with a call, text, or email this week to thank you for visiting and to see how we can minister to you. If there's anything we can do for you while you're here, stop by our Next Steps table and someone will be happy to assist you. We hope you have a wonderful day and enjoy the service. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to our 1030 service, 1031 now. That was my lovely wife, Emily. She hates that I use that, but, uh, but I, I love seeing her serve and get out of her comfort zone. I hope that you'll do that this morning as well. If you're not plugged in somewhere, hey, I encourage you, get plugged in, get out of your comfort zone, do something you've never done for the Lord. Uh, anyways, let's go ahead and stand. Today's a little different. I am, uh, I'm playing acoustic by myself. I gave the band off, but uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to be any less. I'm excited about, you know, you know, seeing what the Lord does through this. And so I encourage you to sing and to, and to praise his name uh, no, matter, no matter where you're at today, no matter what you brought in here, uh, he's worthy. And so let me pray for us, and then we'll start. <clears throat> Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for each person that's here. And God, I just pray that as we, uh, God, as we come into a time of, of, of praise and worship, that, Lord, you would speak through these songs. Lord, I pray that you would speak uh, through, through Pastor Allen and, and, God, the testimonies that we're going to hear in a little bit. But, Lord, ultimately, we pray that you would be glorified. God, in our worship, if, if, if our hearts aren't prepared, Lord, I pray that you would use, use this time. God, help us to, to, to really focus in on what you have and what you want to do right now in this time. God, we give you everything this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. He's working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. Man, those are difficult words to sing. I hope that's your heart this morning. same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. joy, but when my heart is heavy, oh my 
tell my words, guys, that uh, you never know where I'm going to go when I'm up here by myself. That's my bad. <laughs> this next song is a new one, though, and uh, it's so appropriate. I, I've had multiple people tell me, we should sing this song, and I'm like, yeah, we should, shouldn't we? Uh, but it's so it, it's so true in my life. I've seen, you know, when I've gone through things in my life, I've seen that God is there, and He's faithful. And so God never, you know, He never said that you wouldn't go through things in your life, but He did say He would never leave you. And he uses every single thing that we go through to make us more like himself, to refine us, to make us more dependent on him. And so wherever you're at this morning, let this song be an encouragement as we sing it and we remind ourselves that he's with us in the fire. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the waters holding back the seas. Should I ever need set free there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me there is another in the fire all my dead left for dead beneath the water I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore. Amen. Should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning? Either way, I won't bow to the things of this world. And I know I will never be alone. There is another in the fire standing next to me. There is another in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding what power set me free? There is a grave that holds nobody, and now the power lives in me. There is another in the fire. Oh, there is another in the fire. 
Cause I know that's where you'll be I count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be He's here this morning He loves it when we sing praises to him this next song is called Great I Am, and it's kind of older, but I encourage you to, to lift up the name that, was, that, that the Bible calls God. He says, I am the great. He says, I am. You know, when, when he tells, when Moses asked him, who, who do I need to tell Pharaoh? He says, I am. Tell him, I am sent you. And so this song is called The Great I Am. And I encourage you to lift up your voice and, and praise him for who he is. And uh, let's worship him together this morning. I want to be close, close to your side. So heaven is real and death is alive. 
own son for us. The ultimate act of, of selflessness. He came down from he came down from glory. He sent Jesus for us. Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. Never once messed up, never once sinned. And then he died on a cross for us. So that he could pay the penalty that we couldn't pay on our own. He rose again on the third day. I can stand here today and say that I'm different because of that. He's changed my life forever. I know that most of you in here might be able to say that as well. And so it's, it's the least that we can do to sing to him this morning, to give him all of our praises, to give him all of our hearts this morning. I pray that you would take a moment and, and, and pray if there's anything distracting you in this moment. Surrender to him. Something beautiful can happen if we all surrender to him this morning. So I encourage you, sing with me as we praise his name. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as Amen. Sin had left a crimson. Sin had left 
sing to him. If you've been clean like I have, I pray that you would not hold back. She would lift your voice. You would lift your heart to him this morning as we celebrate what he's done for us. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. so blessed, Lord, just to have been able to sing to you. God, I know that each one of us have a story, and God, and each one of us have a testimony, and, and there's some people in here that, that can share in, in that with me, Lord, and they can say, yes, like, yes, I failed. Yes, I'm imperfect. I've done so many bad things, but God, because of Jesus, I am this person today, and Lord, I'm so thankful for Jesus and the, and the price that was paid for me, the price that was paid for us who are in you. Lord, I pray that, God, as we continue in worship and we open your word, and, Lord, we see what it says. God, this is, this is what you've given to us, to how to know you, God, how to understand your heart. And so, Father, as we open your word, I pray that you would teach us, Lord, more about yourself. And, God, if there's someone in here that doesn't know you, that doesn't know Jesus, Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, you would change their life. We are so blessed, God, to be in your presence. Lord, we don't take it for granted. God, we, we give you glory. Continue to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome to Lindsay Lane North, man. We are so glad to have each and every one of you. Um, as the, the buffer video uh, told you, we are entering a new series for this summer uh, that we are really, really excited about. It's, I feel like it's, I probably needed to pastor for a little bit before I handle some of these topics, but we are going to address some of these untouchable 
subjects that many pastors shy away from or don't feel like they can really speak into, um, but things that are essential to who we are as believers. And, and we need to know what the Bible says about these things and be able to discuss them. Um, what I've learned more than anything in my, in my time, my life, is that the world will give you a worldview. Um, but we have to be intentional about putting that worldview against the, the, the standard that is God's word uh, and to see what God has to say about some of the things that you and I may have conversations about every single day. And I don't know of a better place to start than with the issue of money. And so in this Untouchable series, uh, we're going to be dealing with multiple different things. We're going to start today with the issue of money. Uh, money. And so um, we're doing things a little bit unique, a little bit different. Instead of just me getting up and preaching uh, for 30 minutes or 40 or 45 or however long I preach, decide to preach, uh, we want things to look a little bit different during this summer series. And so with me today is Marcus and Lulu Campbell. Uh, these are friends of mine. They're members here at North. Uh, but they are, are great friends of mine. I went to school actually with Lulu back in the day at Hazel Green. Uh, but uh, we have really grown together over this, this course of time. God called them to Elkmont. Marcus is born and raised here. But uh, God had called us to this Elkmont area. And so it's neat to be able to do ministry alongside people that I knew before this. And we've got, I've got multiple testimonies of that uh, inside this church. But I wanted them, I knew, knew what God has done in their life in the area of giving, the area of finances. Uh, because there's some issues. There's a reason why it's things that, it's one of the things that we typically as pastors shy away from. And so uh, I want them to be able to share with you. And so I'll ask some questions of them and let them share uh, with you as we as we go forward today. And then we'll be sharing from God's word as well at the end. Um, but you guys, if you will, share with us, share with me, let your pastor off the hook for a second. They, they hear me talk about giving all the time. Uh, let your pastor off the hook. Give me, tell me why you believe that money and finances and giving is something that pastors tend to shy away from. Well, I think it's, you know, two things. The first is, you know, is money is something we really don't just share or talk about. You know, we kind of keep, you know, what we make, how we spend our money, you know, we just kind of keep it, you know, um, close to our vest and, you know, and yeah. we just don't really share that information. And, you know, money is a, a, a sensitive topic to, to a lot of people. And I think the second thing is, you know, um, people think that, you know, they're given to the preacher. You know, it's, um, <laughs> you know, it's, they're given for, for his salary or for his money, you know. and The and, one you uh, used in the first service right. was my new truck. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're giving right. to my new truck. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I don't have, by the way. I don't <laughs> have like, a new you've truck. You've seen his truck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the, the, he, needs a, he needs a, a new, new truck or a bigger house or, you know, whatever. Yeah, they, yeah. They, Look for at sure. it as given to the preacher, or, yeah. you know, not necessarily the church or to God. Or, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think sometimes, it, like, you definitely for me, and what I, I told the first service is definitely for me, that is, the latter of that is, is the reason why, if there is a, now, I believe it's part of the full counsel of God. So I will continue to preach on, on giving. I want you to hear that from me. Um, I'll continue to do that. But, uh, but that is something that I deal with, that I wrestle with. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm just after their money. Um, God, because God's not after our money primarily. God's after us. Now, our money follows that, but, but God is after, is after us. Um, but I think you're right, too, that I think it is something that we, it's closed off, it's private. You know, you're not, even, you're not allowed to talk about it at your workplace. You're not, you know. And so it's just, it's one of those things that just, 
is an area of our life, if we're not careful, can be siloed away from, you know, what God would, would do in our life. So explain kind of how both of you guys grew up. I know y'all have different uh, upbringings, how y'all grew up and how giving was, was a part or not a part necessarily of your, of your life and context growing up. Is it on? Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, our story's a little bit different. I mean, um, I, I was raised in church and, um, you know, giving was modeled, um, you know, my parents, you know, faithfully tied, um, you know, my dad still does. Um, you know, even as a kid, I remember our Sunday school classes used to you know, take up all from the Sunday school and uh, kids' classes. And I remember, you know, us taking money to give every Sunday morning. And and so, you know, um, it was, you know, I, I can remember my dad and my mom filling out the, the tithing envelopes and everything. So, Which are located in the back of your <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, you know. Um, get that truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, remodel that house, right? That's right. <laughs> but uh, no, so um, yeah, I I grew up seeing it done, and and you know, and hearing my parents talk about it. So I know your story's a little bit different. So, um, yeah, I grew up in church as well, but my parents didn't talk about it. Um, I'm pretty sure that they did tithe sporadically. Um, I can see them, you know, put a check in the offering plate, or I can remember getting those envelopes with our mm-hmm. names on them. I can remember when I had my envelopes with my name on them, but yeah. um. We didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about it. Um, just wasn't modeled for me openly. And so it's not something I really did, yeah. even when we got married. So, Yeah. I, you know, I, I was brought up kind of similar to you, Marcus. Like, it was, it was a, I knew that my parents tithed, because sometimes, and I knew when it was difficult for them to tithe. Uh, I remember my dad taking his pay cut at his job and going into full-time ministry, and tithing became much more difficult uh, than at that point, because margins got much, much tighter. And so, um, you know, I think that's a, that's a really good word. If you, you know, as you give, it was modeled for me. And so, uh, when I would get my $10 allowance during the week, I'd get a five and five ones because I was expected to tithe on that one dollar. dollar. It was, it was what my parents had kind of ingrained uh, in me. And, and, and honestly, I've tithed my whole life because of that. And you look at that and you may look at that situation with a skeptic's view and go, well, yeah, you're a pastor. Let me tell you, I tithed well before I was ever on staff at a church, okay? Um, it was something that was modeled for me. And so as parents, even if, that's, even if you are givers, man, that is, that's a strong word to, to hate. Let, I want my kids to know that this is happening because uh, it is important uh, that they see your, what you're invested in. They see where you're invested in other areas, but do they see where you're invested in what God's doing? Um, that, that's a neat little side note there. So... Uh, after getting married, so so you shared a little bit of how you grew up. After you got married, what are some what are some decisions that you guys made as a family as it relates to giving, and what 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 did that look like in budgeting um, for the kingdom for y'all? So when we first when we first got married, we didn't have a church home. We um, we visited many places around Athens, around Elmont, but we just nothing was home. And then till here, and so we really didn't tie that all the first part of our marriage up until this really this past two years yeah. when Lindsay Lane started, Lindsay Lane North. Um, we have a joint checking and savings account. We share what our money is our money, like together. We And we've never had a problem with that. We've never had fight over money. Yeah. I handle all the finances. He has no idea what's in the bank account most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also doesn't spend any money. So, um, But we didn't start tithing until just... I say recently, you know, since yeah. Lindsay Lane North. And we yeah. didn't even start tithing when we started here. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, that it was just, it, it was just, it was one of those things that, you know, there, if there was a need, and I know y'all, I know the type of people that y'all are. I, I know, you know, you're not a teacher unless you're giving to people, you know, and so you're giving to people all the time. And so it's not that you weren't generous, it wasn't that, but it just wasn't part of a weekly, a, a monthly scheduled thing. It's one of those things where you're worried you're not going to have it because, you know, yeah. Being, especially if you're newly married, you you know we bought a house and we had a car payment and student loans and you know you were worried it's not going to be there, so you did guard yeah, your money like sure. you know you didn't want to spend it on anything that just wasn't necessary as we thought then. Yeah. So how did how did how did God change your views in these areas? How how did, what changed in your life to to bring y'all to the place that y'all are? you know, giving consistently. So I think finding a church home made a big difference when we came here. But then, like I said, we still didn't tithe when we came here. Um, you did the Seed the Vision. Yeah. And we talked about, well, you know, what are we going to give? And we did, we gave a little bit. And um, then later on, it was like every church service, like when we did the offering, I always felt guilty because I, was, I wasn't giving. And so I didn't want someone to not see me putting anything in the bucket. But yeah. You know, oh, I'll pay. I'll pay online, but I wasn't, you know, because um, it wasn't something that you, you should check that. Oh, you know, I'm giving online. It's okay. That's why I'm passing. Yeah, I already did it before I pulled in, you know. <laughs> but um, but I felt guilty, and I felt yeah. more guilty. And then you did another one, and I think it was the Haggai. Haggai, Hag yeah. And it was talking about how you want to be blessed, but you're not giving anything. You're not giving, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, we just got to do it. We've just yeah. got to start doing it, and. And we started doing it then, and we've done it ever since. And there's there's times where um, I'll forget. Like, we'll get really busy. We've had a busy year. Um, I'll forget. And then, you know, later on, like, throughout, you know, we get I get paid once a month. He gets paid twice twice a month. And we'll pay, and we pay out of the first 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 paycheck. Like, we get paid on Thursday. I, that's my first bill. I say bill is I tithe. Yeah. <laughs> that's my first thing when I'm sitting down to pay bills. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, so it's just, you know, it's what we do now. Like it's just, it's made a priority to be first. So what, what have you learned from that, from, from that discipline? Giving is a discipline. It is. And, um, there are more generous people, but generosity is a, is a discipline. And so what, what is it that, that God has taught you as y'all have become givers? I think that just being faithful and just having faith in him because I mean we don't we don't make a ton of money we do well for ourselves you know but even now like we have more bills now we have a bigger house that we have a bigger mortgage payment on we have a car payment we have a student loan like you know so it, sometimes it is like man I really need that extra money this yeah. month like but I just have to do it like I have to do it and I have to not think about it and and it's not missed yeah. like if I pay yeah. for but do my tithe first, like, I don't miss it. Yeah. Um, like I said, there are some times where I, for, I forget. Like, we get really busy and we forget. Yeah. And then I realize, oh, my gosh, like, where's all our money? And then I realize I didn't even tithe, and we had extra money this month, but it's, yeah. like, yeah. gone. Yeah, it, it, it's really crazy, crazy that you say that. I mean, it, it's one of the things, and we'll talk about it, that God tells us to test him in this area. You know, it's not, it's not the only area, but it is an area of obedience that, that has to be addressed. And so if God has our heart, that's one of the things that he's going to lead us uh, in to do is to invest in, in resources. I remember uh, in, our, in our, that you brought that up, I remember my, in, in our life, 
I remember our fifth year anniversary, we had planned a pretty, it wasn't extravagant by most people's standards, but it was extravagant by our little single income youth pastor salary uh, vacation. And I remember planning this vacation out and being like, man, it's going to be really tight. And uh, then our AC unit uh, breaks. Uh, we're trying to sell our house and it literally breaks a month before we actually ended up selling the home. Uh, and so we're out $5,000 through that. And I remember actually going to our church we, I, at the main campus, going to my boss's office, and I became a benevolence. Like I was, I was literally asking the church to help us out in this, uh, in this area financially. And then a mission strategy, strategy gets brought up at our church, and God calls my wife and I to give over and beyond. Now, we had tithed. We were, we were always tithing, but God had called us to give over and beyond that. And I just remember thinking, well, gosh. I mean, we don't, we, if, if there's anybody that don't have it to give, we don't have it to give. But God had laid a number on my heart that I admitted unwillingly, but I did admit it to, to my wife because God had laid the exact same number on her heart. And so we, I knew that's what God had called us to do. And I remember her saying something like, well, Alan, if I'm going to rob from anybody, I'm not going to rob from God. And I was like, well, you're right. Pastor Allen agrees, you know, like, you know, and so, uh, but, but through that, through that, God taught me, like, we spent more money on bills than we'd ever had, and we spent more money on a vacation for our fifth year anniversary that we had ever had, but, but God provided. That, that was covered, and I think that's the, the instance. You, it was and a good word. I can remember that kind of the same thing happened to us. I mean, there will be times where I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it's tight this month, yeah. and then, like, once we got, we had paid more in escrow, and so we got a random check, yeah. and I was like, you know, yep. like that's what we needed. Gosh. Or one time, like we were, was tied another month and I'd had a stroller for sale on Facebook and someone had been on there forever and someone was like, Hey, I want this stroller. And they paid the full amount that I was wanting for it. Cause yeah. it was like one of the big ones, you know? Yeah. So things like that have happened to us where, gosh, yeah. I mean, this could be a much have, longer interview. Yeah. You just have to have <laughs> faith and, and that he'll take, he'll provide. Oh yeah. Gosh, absolutely. No, there's been Plenty of times, plenty of times in our life where we've seen God supernaturally provide for us. Um, and and what's, what's awesome in that is, is it teaches you faith. Like, it teaches you to rely on him. My wife and I have always said, like, man, I wish we could have more, a little more money. But I don't know that we would be where we are spiritually if we did. Um, because God has taught us what it meant to, to rely on him. Man, that's good. So what would you say to somebody then? What would be your advice as we close this time, what would be your advice to somebody that's on the fence, maybe about tithing, doesn't know if tithing is for them, or um, whether it's getting through giving money to the, the preacher or whatever the case may be, or just they feel like they don't have it, what would be your, your advice to them? I would say give first. Um, right when you get paid, give, because if you hold on to it, you're going to need it more. You know, <laughs> If yeah. you hold on to it while, you know, if you get paid once a month and you don't wait to pay your tithe till the end of the month, it's probably not going to be there. Yeah. Pay up front, and go, like I said, God is taking care of us by doing that. Like, Amen. we pay first, and we pay up front, and we just have faith that he'll... Because like I said, we, I mean, I'm a teacher. He works at Avigen, and we don't make a, a ton of money. You know, we're comfortable, but, I mean, there are some months that are tighter than others, and there's some months when we're fine, but... Yeah. I feel like now that we've made tithing a regular thing that we do, we don't worry as much about money as we did before. Because we have gone through months where there's, there's $15 and we have two weeks to get to pay, to pay day, you know? Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't feel like we do that now. Yeah. Like, even though it's, it's funny, and it's, I mean, it's all God. It's just having faith in Him because, like I said, we have a, we have more, a bigger mortgage payment now because we moved and we have a, a nicer car and 
we have more things to pay for. Like our kids go to daycare or yeah. play baseball and all, you know, we have kids now. So, but it's just having faith in God and paying him first before anything else. Gosh, that's great. That's awesome. Y'all give them a hand. Of, uh, hand. Man, thank you all so much for coming. Thank you all. And we appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, buddy. Man, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get into God's word. Father, we thank you so much for, for what you're doing, what you're teaching us today, God, through this area of our life. Uh, it's an area that we don't like to talk about. Uh, because, God, there may, may be guarding some sin in our life uh, in this area. And so, Father, I just pray that you would teach us. Lord, I pray that you would communicate exactly what it is that you would like, desire to communicate to your people, and then I would be quiet uh, and let your word do what your word does and transform our lives. Father, we love you and we praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Turn in your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Did you know that there is more mentioned in the Bible... On the subject of money and finances than there is in heaven and hell combined. You will find more in the Bible about finances and about money than you find about heaven and hell combined. You think about the amount of time we spend in a church talking about heaven and hell. But for God to address it more in the Bible than heaven and hell combined should tell us that there is some important fruit to understand here in this subject. Again, you'll hear me say again... God isn't after your pocketbook or your wallet. God is after you. But the fruit of somebody who is invested and is in a position of debt, I think it's a great word, what, what will uh, let us in worship, right? Jesus paid it all. And in light of that payment, all to him we owe. In the light of giving to a God who has paid everything for me, 10% seems like a deal, right? But there's more talked about money than anywhere else in Scripture. So we find it in Malachi chapter 3. So I'm going to give you just some, some three quick principles about money that you can apply to your life, some Scripture to go along with that. New Testament, Old Testament Scripture as well. And we'll address some of those things as we get there. Malachi chapter 3, number one, money is a temptation, Money is a temptation. With money comes temptation. Malachi prophesied in a day, before we read in, verse, in chapter 3, he prophesied in a day that money was tight. The temple of God had been rebuilt, the walls had been rebuilt, but the worship of God had not really resumed. Now they were making sacrifices, but God was still not pleased with their worship. It's where we find scripture like that God requires obedience over sacrifice. They were doing the, making, meeting the religious demands, but all along the posture of their heart was completely in opposition to God. And the area that Malachi brings out, that God lays on Malachi as a prophet, lays on his heart, is in the area of giving. And we find it in verse 3. See, the people were, chapter 3, we... The people were in exile. They were former exiles that had no money. The weather that they encountered when they came to Canaan was difficult. It was hard to cultivate crops. It was hard to make a living. Haggai chapter 1 tells us that the people would try to gather things up. And they would get blown away. Sometimes metaphorically, but sometimes physically. Storms would come and blow away their store sheds of grain and things of that nature, that they, they found harshness in the promised land that had once yielded such return. 
And so money was tight. But listen to what Malachi says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse. You are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Despite the situation that the people of Israel found themselves in, God points out this area of giving in their life. You are robbing God. Now, they may be thinking, well, we don't, we're not robbing God because we don't have it to give. You can't get blood from a turnip, right? There's, then God, you're asking too much from us. But it was Levitical law, it was Old Testament law that you were to give a 10%. You were to give a tithe, literally meaning 10%. But it wasn't just 10%. What we also find in Scripture is the idea that this tithe is a first fruits offering. Now, what does that mean? It means that we don't plow all of our fields and all of our, our property and make sure we've got enough and then we give God 10% of what we gather. But it is we plow and harvest the first 10% of our land and whatever the yield is, regardless of how much land we have, regardless of how bad the crop is or how good the crop is, the first 10% of the harvest immediately goes to the temple. We give the first fruits. The very first of what is planted goes to the Lord. What did Lulu say? What did she say in, in her testimony? What would be her advice? Give to God first. When we put ourselves in a position to see God's faithfulness, regardless of what income looks like, regardless of what we make, regardless of, of the bills that are coming due, when we Prove When we put ourselves in a place to see God's faithfulness, God proves his faithfulness time and time and time again. And so this is, this is the idea of the tithe. And you may go, well, that's great, but that's Old Testament. To which I would tell you that old, the old, the, the old, it, it absolutely is, right? The tenth literally went to support the Levites. It went to support the people that didn't have land for themselves. They didn't have wealth. They weren't independently wealthy. But... The tithe would go, the food would go to support them so they could live on as they worked within the temple as priests. That is the design of the Old Testament temple. But then we have things like Hebrews chapter 7 where Jesus is called a high priest to the order of Melchizedek, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Melchizedek. In fact, if you really want to bake your noodle, do some study in Melchizedek. Maybe that should be an untouchable subject we talk about next summer or whatever. Uh, but Melchizedek is a man that predates the Levites, predates the people of God, and so it predates tithe. God hasn't told anybody, there's no law, so he hasn't given a law to tithe. But Abraham comes to this man who is a prince of Salem. He's a prince of peace is literally what his name implies, what his name means. And he serves as the king of a region, but he's also the priest. And so Abraham gives him 10%. Now, in using that giving, uh, the writer of Hebrews makes reference to this and says that Jesus is our high priest forever. He's not a Levite, right? He's of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah, not a Levite, but he's, an, he's of the order of Melchizedek 
in that he doesn't have to be. He is appointed high priest by God. And as a result of that, that we should give in accordance to that. And so it makes allusion to the idea of tithing this 10%. Paul makes allusion multiple times in Scripture. He makes allusion to a foregone conclusion that tithing is happening. In fact, for the Hebrew people, it was unthinkable to not tithe. It was part of your religious duty. I mean, if you're going to abide by the feast and the, the fasts, I mean, you were going to tithe as well. In fact, the giving for a Jew actually meant more like 25% of their income instead of 10. With all the different things that they did and all the different tax, all the things that were required from Jewish law was actually more like 25% than 10%. So it was a foregone conclusion for the Apostle Paul as he addresses it. So what I would tell you is New Testament giving doesn't just include a 10%, but it is even more challenging than that. It is God requiring, asking of you, it is is giving out of the abundance of your heart. Listen to what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy 6 verse 6, you can follow along. Godliness with contentment is great gain. This is one of my life verses. God, would you make me content in being like you and everything else will take care of itself. Let me be like you. And let everything else handle itself. For we brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into, my, into many senseless and harmful desires, and plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Right? That some have proven that they are not in the faith by their lack of investment in kingdom things. And so this is a, a danger here. The temptation is when I value money and value me having what I want over what God desires and what God would call obedience for us, we are not indicating our bank account anymore. We're indicating our heart it proves to us the sinfulness of our heart. And so with money, there is temptation. They lived in a day where hedonism, in the Hellenistic period that they lived in, hedonism of, of pursuing your self, uh, selfish pursuits, doing your own thing, right? The American dream, right? We need to have the house and the boat and the white picket fence and the two and a half kids and the, you know, dot, 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 whatever that American dream is. Unless God has called you to something different, right? And so they were used to pursuing their own pleasures. And so when money was on the table, if it was between their own pleasures or God's pleasure, they chose their own. The resources we have will either be used at our pleasure or God's pleasure. Which one, who do you think can do the most with it? So first, money is a, is a temptation. Number two, money is a tool. Money is a tool. There is nothing inherently evil about money or having money. There's nothing. It's a resource. It's simply a tool that can be used for good and it can be used for evil. Listen to what it says in Malachi 3.10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Why did there need to be food? Number one, to meet the needs of the Levites. Number two, to meet the needs of the poor. Right, And so the church, the temple, was the cultural hub. It was the charity hub of 
of, of the civilization at that time. And so people would come to have their needs met at the temple. The, the church was about meeting needs. In the New Testament, we see that modeled as well, that they met needs. In fact, uh, we'll read in a second, Acts 4, they gave everything they had and distributed as everybody had need. The church was that hub of operation of charity. In fact, what made God the maddest in the Old Testament was when people started manipulating and taking advantage of the poor. I mean, you'll read it in the Minor Prophets. Man, it's all over the place. They're taking advantage of the poor. And so why? Because God's people, God's work is toward those that are downtrodden, those that are, are down and out, and those that are outcasts in society. But money is a tool. So bring food. Bring into the storehouse and there may be food. If you believe in what your church is doing in the community in, in to end lostness in the world, if you believe in that, then you ought to be invested in it. We give to what we believe in, whether you know it or not. Look at what you spend your time on and look what you invest in. And so if you believe in what God is doing in this church, in this ministry, you'll be a part of it. But Malachi 3.12 tells us, Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. The people of Israel were required to do something that no other people group was, was told to do. They were to invest in something that was outside of themselves. Every other group, every other people group invested in their own pleasures and, and invested in what they wanted. But God's people were unique and that they would give to something that was bigger than themselves. And in so doing, they would point to God. The nations, you will be a delight to all nations. They will see you investing in things that are bigger than you. You know, ultimately what it does when we invest in things that are outside of ourselves and outside of our own needs and our wants, when we invest in things outside of that, we point to whatever it is that we're investing in. We direct, we, we direct people's attention toward these things. When our time gets spent in different places, when our time gets spent at church as opposed to going out on the weekends, as opposed to the ball field, as opposed to wherever your, your career or wherever you may be, we begin investing in the church, it begins to point people toward the church. I believe that many of you may be here because you've seen that investment at North from somebody in the community and it drew you here. That may very well be your story. And so we can't miss the evangelistic ramifications of giving. That as we give, we are pointing to something. We are admitting that there is something more important than just what we have going on in our day-to-day -day life. And then thirdly and finally, money is a test. Money is a test. Malachi 3, 10 through 11 the last part of verse 10 says, And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you, for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more what? No more need. doesn't say every want will be met, but there will be no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. People in Israel, as Haggai would say, 
They began to accumulate things, and God blew them away. They would invest, and they would the money that they made, they would put in purses that have holes in it. They would try to make much of themselves, and it would become little over and over and over again. And they're looking at heaven going, why is this happening? And God all along is saying, it's because you're invested too much in this world and too little in me. Your priority is yourself. Your priority is what the world calls important, not in things of eternal value. Before this time, all the efforts of the Israelites to reach affluence was squandered by the weather, squandered by their enemies, and other external factors. And God is claiming credit for all of those external factors, all of those bad things. Why? Because he desired to bring about a change in his people. It's true. If we begin serving our own purposes, you get to the end of the month, I promise you, you won't have it to give. You, it won't make sense. It's like having kids. People tell me all the time, well, it just, you know, we're, just not, we're not ready yet to have kids. We don't, we're not making the money. Well, guess what? You ain't ever going to make that kind of money, right? Because they'll take every bit of it you got. If you're willing, to, you're going to hand it out. They'll take it, right? I've never had my son be like, no, nah, I don't need any money. I don't need another piece of candy. I don't need this. I don't need that, Dad. It's okay. You spend it on yourself. I've never had a kid do that, right? So there's never going to be a time, right, where it's going to make financial sense. And if you're waiting on that time, then you're trying to operate outside of faith. This is the point. When we try to give outside of faith, God can't bless that. But to give on the forefront, regardless if we can see it or we can't, for it to be a non-negotiable, it is a heart-set issue for us, then we will see God provide. I am so thankful for the times in my life where I gave and I got to see God supernaturally provide for me. It's unreal. Y'all, I told you that it could have been a longer interview. I could have gone on, I could go on for hours of incredibly weird ways that God has provided for us. And so make this a matter of faith. But that's Old Testament, right? Let's look at Luke 6. Luke 6, 38 as we close. Give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You know what this tells me? There's nothing we could ever do to outgive God. We could, if we believe that God, He has paid it all, and all to Him we owe, if we owe all to Him, then even giving all of ourselves would still not adequately quantify enough that God is worthy of. There's no way we could outgive God. But when we give, He gives back. Now, we don't give out of that motivation. When we give so that God would give back, right, we forfeit that in a lot of ways. But this is the only area that we see, Malachi 3, where God says, test me in this. It's the only place in Scripture where you see, test me. Test me. Just try it and watch God be faithful. There's a strong word in Marcus and Louie being able to tell you, just do it. Just do it and watch God meet needs. What would be cooler? You meeting every need you have or allowing God to meet every need you have and more? You decide. What would be better? What we need to understand is giving is not for the pastor. 
Giving is not so that God can benefit. Giving is not even for the church. Giving is for you. And giving is for me. Giving is for us. God doesn't need us. He's proven that. He is God regardless of us. He is glorious despite of us. God doesn't need us. I'm telling you, if you begrudge a tithe, by all means, don't give it. Because the church will continue on. God's ministry, God's kingdom will continue on with or without your money. But God gives you an opportunity to invest. We invest because we know what we're getting in return is greater than we could ever put in. Jesus paid it all. And all to him we owe. Giving is just a small area of this. It's an untouchable, right? It's a, it's a sore subject. It may make some of you angry. But this is the truth of God's word. And so with every head bowed and eye closed, as we enter a time of invitation... More than your money, God wants you. So if you're here today and you're outside of a relationship with God, no amount of money you give is going to put you in obedience to God. I'll give this amount of money, maybe the preacher will shut up. Maybe he'll get off my back and I'll, if I throw a little money in the offering bucket. God desires you. God desires your heart and God desires you to respond out of a heart that's bent toward him, a new heart that's investing in things that matter to him, not just what matters to us. So if you're here, that comes from, giving comes from a posture of repentance and relationship with Christ. If we believe we owe it all to him, then we're able to give a lot freer than if we give out of compulsion. And so if you're here today and you don't have that relationship with Christ, first and foremost, I want you to know that you can find it today. The greatest investment you could make is not in your pocketbook, from your pocketbook. It is from your heart. It is your investment of your life to God. It is, a, it is confessing him as Lord and Savior of your life and beginning a walk with him. And let him teach you. Let him make you. Let him grow you in some of these other areas. And I pray that you would respond as the Holy Spirit leads you in this time of invitation. Maybe you're here and maybe you have other decisions that you need to make. Maybe you want to join, need to join our church. God's leading you here to make a difference, make an eternal difference. We want to help you with that. Maybe you need to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. You know you're a child of God, but you've never followed in believer's baptism. Whatever decision, maybe you just need to pray here at the altar. Maybe you've made your life and your income and your budget things that don't glorify God. Maybe you just need, need to realign yourself with him. Maybe you need to pray for somebody here at this altar that their life is, is out of alignment. Maybe you need to intercede for somebody. I promise you, at this altar, there's not going to be judgment for any of you that would feel impressed to come and to lay down whatever it is or to confess whatever it is. There's no judgment. We just want you to do business with God. Invest in things that matter. Father, be in this time of response. As you have moved in our hearts, God, let us move in our life, in our
our hands and our feet. God, I pray for the one that needs a relationship with you. May they come find me here at the front that I can get them connected with a counselor. would love to talk to them about any decision that needs to be made. But God, we just pray that you would be glorified and lifted up in these next few moments. Lord, you have paid it all and we owe it all to you. Let us live in that posture in this moment. And as we leave, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Would you stand to your feet? Any decision that you make, pray that you would do so today. I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. When holding on to it, would you respond? I fall apart, you're the one. That guides my heart Lord, I need you Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness online or listening in person, that connect card that's, that's attached to the post, if you're listening on one of our social media platforms, uh, but also it's in person, it's in your bulletins there, let us know if there's any decision that you need to make. Each and every week, I feel like we have somebody that, that makes a decision through that. Let us know how we can minister to you. Let us know how we can follow up with you, and we'll do just that. Uh, on that. Come back next week. Man, we get to talk about play in church. We get to talk about church politics and leadership and power struggles and all the things that can so often divide churches. All right? We're going to have fun through this series. I believe it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I hope that you are as well. Okay? Y'all check out these announcements as we close. Good morning, North family. I've got a few things for you before we leave today. First, our kids sign up for Vacation Bible School is happening now. And we want your children and their friends to join us. If you want to sign up your child, simply visit the next steps table and you can grab a QR code that will take you directly to the form. And there's also a link on our website under our events tab. If you know your kid wants to participate, we encourage you to go ahead and sign them up today. And next, our annual fireworks display called Food Trucks and Fireworks is happening on June 27th. So mark your calendars. We need volunteers to pull off this huge community event. 
And since our first fireworks display in 2019, this event has tripled in size. And this year we'll have multiple food trucks, inflatables, giveaways, and we'll even offer a tethered hot air balloon ride. So you don't wanna miss this. And we need your help, so please sign up today. And last, our first women's ministry luncheon is July 23rd at 12 o'clock, specifically planned by our North Women's Ministry. This is a free event for ladies of all ages. Katie White will be the guest speaker with worship led by Monica Blythe. If you want to sign up, you can simply follow the link in the bulletin or visit the next steps or go to the website and find the sign up form. Well, guys, that's all we have, to today, have for today. We hope you had a good day and we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you all for joining us. Man, it's been a good day here at North. It's always good to see everyone. I want to remind you on your way out, the offering buckets are in the back. If you came prepared to tithe or give with cash or check, you can use the offering envelopes in the, uh, in the chair backs in front of you. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, thanks for coming. We don't ask our guests to give financially. If you'll just take your Connect card and put that in the offering bucket on your way out so we can reach out to you and find out how we can minister to you this week, that would be great. Uh, a couple other ways you can give. You can text North Give to 31996. You can give online at lindsaylanenorth.org. And for those of you watching on one of the streaming platforms, you can give to the address at the bottom of the screen. You know, I, I just, uh, I, you know, any Dave Ramsey fans in here, you know, you hear a message like this, you think, I think of Dave Ramsey. Uh, one of the things that he said, uh, actually two of the things that he says, one of them that uh, the Campbells actually hit on is, man, that is line item number one in the budget, uh, tithing. And number two, if you are one of those that uh, that are like the Campbells were, and say, "Man, we're just, you know, I, I don't, I can't afford this, or I've never done this, or it's not what we do," uh, don't feel like you're alone uh, as you try to grow into that, as you look for God to grow you into that. Uh, one of the one of the questions that Dave uh, fielded one time is, he's somebody asked, "Do I tithe out of my net or do I tithe out of gross?" And his response was, "Well, ninety three percent of y'all aren't doing either, right? So pick one and let God grow you from that." And so that would be my challenge to you, is if you're not, pick one and let God grow you from there. All right, man, stop by the Next Steps table. Find out how you can get plugged into Vacation Bible School. You can get plugged into Food work, Food. Man, I did it. I thought it was going to be Alan that did it. Food Works and Fire Trucks. No. Food Trucks and Fireworks. Man. Find out how you can get plugged into the fireworks show in town. And find out how you can get plugged into our mission trip coming up at the end of July. And if you are a worker in BBS, if you didn't get the message, there's a meeting right after the service here. Cheryl's going to give us some great info on how on what all we need to be uh, ready to do to reach uh, the kids in our community one week from tomorrow. That is it. May God be glorified in us as we leave. Y'all are dismissed.